once every hundred years, we stay so on topic that I don't even have a snippet for the intro. So in place of that, this is the best I've got. Intro. Two. Three. Four. Welcome to Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. My name is David Harris, and joining me as always is Daniel Morris. What up? John Seth Sammons. Yo, 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 yo. Skylar Teal. Hey. And, and Mike Tatum. Um, we did. Uh, we went a little overboard on our coffee today. We wanted to do an experiment. Disagree. We went <laughs> well, the right true. kind of board. Yes. Hey, hey okay. Just the right amount that. of board. I can get behind that. Mike ordered from Black and White Coffee Roasters. Four coffees that are the same. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're the same coffee. The only difference is the process the coffees went through. That is correct. Yeah, they are single single origin coffee, uh, all from the same place, processed or or picked at the same time, um, but processed in four different ways. There we go. And so I made four small pour overs. We've got like a flight of coffee in front of us, and we're just going to try them. The four processes are honey process, washed process anaerobic process and natural process coffee so we'll try these flights of coffee which one are we doing first i'm gonna try uh honey can we do honey honey yeah honey yeah okay do the honey first let's do it It smells great oh the honey is actually a process that's a hybrid between the natural and the washed just from what i was reading the natural is where they just kind of let the the fruit of the of the coffee cherry just kind of fall off and they it dries out naturally. Washed is where they they pull the fruit off and then they wash uh, wash uh, they wash the rest of it off before they dry the, the beans. The honey is kind of a hybrid between the two. They'll pull the fruit off, but then they let it sit and let it uh, let it sit in the the husk that's around the the bean before they and and then that just dries out naturally. Right. They pull that off uh, naturally. Um, so it's kind of a hybrid between the two. The honey was absolutely delicious. Yes, that was so fantastic. good. Well, good. A little bit of a yeah. sweet, smooth, sweet. It yeah. is smooth, and it has a sweetness to it. Um, yeah, but it's still it's still not my favorite. I mean, it's really good. They're yeah. all really good. I'm not going to turn any of these cups of coffee down. Uh, but the honey is is washed. next. Not my favorite. Would do washed. Yeah, washed okay. is, has the least uh, aroma for me. Yes. Same. Yep. Yeah, washed is going to come out according to their their notes. It's going to come out a little bit more of a traditional coffee flavor. Yeah. It's going to take some of the fruit out of it mm-hmm. uh, because the fruit comes off right away and gets washed off right away. So you just have a bean that's drying, you know, on its own. So it's more of a traditional coffee flavor. I agree with their description. It's very smooth. It's like a cl- the cleanest cup probably yeah. that we're going to have. Uh-huh. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, not as good as the honey. I have a feeling that will be my least favorite. Yeah, but that is really good. Yeah. I, I suspect the same. All right. So natty. natural, 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 natty, baby. Now this one, you should pick up in the aroma. You should pick up Ooh. more of the fruit flavor Absolutely. to oh it. Oh my gosh. Yes. I cannot wait to hear Skylar's thoughts at the end of this. I've already tasted all of them. They all taste the same. <laughs> Incorrect. There is That's no way. Ridiculous. There is no way that you can say these taste the same. The natural has a, dis- has much more of a distinct the, fruit flavor. Well, the washed it. is almost dulled. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good, and it's a great. I think the wash is a great morning cup of coffee, and would probably pair if you're a creamer drinker. The yes. wash yeah. would probably pair well with the, your favorite creamer. Skyler. But this, the the natural, has a, a very good, oh smooth, gosh. sweet, and fruity fruit, flavor. Fruit yes. flavor to yeah, it that doesn't really need it. doesn't need anything. The way I'm thinking about this right now is, if I wanted to drink straight espresso, I would go with the natural. But if I wanted milk to cut through Come it, on, I would yeah. use a wash process. A wash. Yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah. And again, the honey is just kind of a hybrid between the two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like the natty had more of the fruity flavor, but the honey had more of that sweetness to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited for the last I think uh, I think Judy's favorite of these was has been the natural. She gotcha. she liked the, the smoothness and the, the the fruit flavor to it. Now right, let's try that. This anaerobic? last one is anaerobic. I already yeah. know. I can tell. Oh man. By all means, we need more. Yeah. This is the best. <laughs> this By is the all best means, smell. we yes. need more of this. See, the, the anaerobic again gets that uh, fermented 
that Dude. little fermented flavor to it that uh, is lo- is not overbearing like right. the one we tried like, from methodical from methodical, yeah. which for me was a little overbearing. This was uh, this was much more a little bit smoother, a little bit lighter for me. Yeah, um, and I I really like the anaerobic. And I love the smell of the anaerobic when it's brewing. That's the best one. That's so good. I'm kind of tied on the natural and anaerobic. They're just a little different. Yeah, yeah. I think my number one was natural. My number two is anaerobic. Uh, my number three was the honey, and then four was the the washed. <laughs> Mine's the same order except switch and a uh, and one and two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I figured you would. I figured you would prefer the anaerobic, uh, just because I because of our history and and you know what we've looked at before. Yeah. Daniel, what are your thoughts? Uh, my favorite is anaerobic, then natural, then honey, then washed. Yep. Yeah. Real okay. close on the first two though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that both of them have kind of a fruit flavor to them. Again, it's just the anaerobic has that little bit of a fermented yes. tang to it, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, is really, really good. And all four are really smooth to me. What's so. interesting is the anaerobic felt heavier bodied than the yes. other three to me. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. And all of this, all of these coffee beans came from a region in Uganda, I believe. I, I can't pronounce the name of the coffee, though, or the name of that, that region. Yeah, Gamotai or Gamotai, something. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. But that's what we thought would be interesting because we get we've done all these different kinds of coffees, different uh, roasters with different processing methods. So I thought it would be interesting to actually compare uh, a single bean, the same coffee, processed four different ways, so that um, if you're looking to figure out the nuanced differences in flavors, you would be able to do that. Unless your taste buds are dead, like Skylar's. Yes, uh, I tried real hard, y'all. Like dead, useless, and stupid. Nothing. Okay, there's no way to go through life, my friend. Okay, Skyler, but if you had to come up with a Mount Rushmore of these coffees, what order would you put them in? Uh, these four? Yes. He can't. They're all the same. I, they're coffee. all the same. I don't know. All right, John. What's your verdict? Yeah. What's yours? Uh, yours, John. I think we all know is yeah. number one. Anaerobic, natty, washed, and honey. And honey. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's a wrong way because yeah. these are all absolutely delicious. Right. But, the right. natty is really, really good. It is. But I just am a sucker for the. I'm a sucker for the ferment, you know. <laughs> and just for the for the re- and just for the record, I actually brewed in our coffee pot in the office. I brewed a pot of anaerobic in the office and brought a cup with me for the remainder of our podcast. Nice. Because I'm a forward. Are you saying that there's more down there? Why didn't you tell me that before we came up here? Oh, sorry. Is it fair to say that with Daniel and I's order from number one to number four would be most complex to least complex tasting coffee? I would say that. Yes. I would agree with that. Yes. Yes. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because, because even, even the honey, because you put honey above, above washed, right? Yes. Yeah. Because I think even the honey is slightly more complex than the wash i think the wash is, think so the, too. is the cleanest yes the cleanest of yeah. the i think uh i think there's a little bit more of the fruit flavor in the natural than the anaerobic yes the anaerobic yes. just has something else yes that i whatever agree I, and that i think is. that's why i think that's why i put that one number one and anaerobic number two for me yeah it's a close call so but it is yeah i'm not going to turn either one of them down so mm-hmm. well that was the most fun coffee segment that i've had well good same so, yes Really? Okay. Yes. I can't stop thinking about that anaerobic. I want to go man. back and just count how many words Skylar has contributed to this conversation so far. <laughs> Fewer words than uh, than have been spent making fun of him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Well, we'll move on to our banter, 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 banter. To that for today. And it's Daniel's turn. We've got a couple of questions. I'll turn it over to Daniel. All right. Number one. Would we ultimately be better off if social media had never been created? Interesting question. Yeah. My gut reaction is yes. I mean, okay, maybe, but I mean, where am I going to get pictures of snakes and that's right. Crested geckos and bearded dragons. Yeah. That's right. I I do think that, that, um, social media has made life different. Yes. And difficult. Yes. Uh, It has some value as a grandfather. I can see, um, pictures and posts of my grandchildren. I enjoy that, but but really, and I and again, I do think that social media. Um, it just depends on on what you do with it. It can it can uh, rob you of your affections for Christ, or it can just be fun, like 
for me, my like I've said before, my Facebook feed is all what kind of snake is this and far side cartoons. Right. So I don't mind looking on Facebook uh, every once in a while because uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I feel like it started out fine. Yeah, and then it just took a turn and it went straight downhill. I'm yeah. not sure though that that's any different than any. I mean, it's at a larger scale now because everyone has access to it. Right. But I'm not sure that it's any different than any other media. Yeah, out there. true. That's probably fair. That's think fair. of think of like the cable news. You know, the shift from network to cable news. Is, right. Yeah. Or. Um, yeah. yeah. Now it started out actually being news where right. they're recording and reporting right. historical fact or historical mm-hmm. events to commentary and opinion pieces and political hit pieces and those, right. those kind of things. Yeah. I feel like the creators of social media probably felt different about it at first than they do now. Now it's like almost designed to make you addicted and yeah, things I, like right. that. I had that I was thinking like I wonder what their original goal, what right. Facebook's, you know, at the beginning what they would have said this is what we want to accomplish in this. Cause I don't know that it'd be the same. Yeah. Now yeah. there was Maybe. a movie. There was a movie. The that social kind of dilemma. The social dilemma. Yeah. Uh, not, not the, uh, the commentary, not the, uh, there was a documentary about, about social media. I forget what that was, but there was the one movie? that there was a the social movie. network. The social, the social network. network. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that kind of traced the origins of the development uh, oh, that's of, got the guy. Of Facebook. Oh, I love that guy too. Yeah, the guy, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, Can't he played in Zombieland guy. That one guy. Yes, yeah, Je- Zombieland, and yeah, yeah. Uh, now you see me. It's Jesse yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. remember his name. But it was that. That was uh, I thought. I found that movie interesting. Me too. Based up because what it started out to be was kind of a a network among college friends right. that, that just ballooned into this Eisenberg. huge thing. Eisenberg. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. I almost said Eisenhower, and I was like, yeah, that's not, no, not quite. Not yeah, glad you didn't say that. Any yeah. other yeah. profound thoughts on social media? <laughs> TikTok is the devil. Amen. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. I absolutely. So is, is, is Snapchat considered a social media? Yes. Yeah, yes, I would say I so. I think so. Okay. Wait, did anyone actually answer yes or no to this? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I, I said, my gut reaction is yes, we'd be better off We would be better off without social media, yes. I think so. I think I agree with that, too. I'm a yes. I think so. Because yeah. then you'd actually have to, it, there's a, there's a difference in the way you speak to people when you speak to them in person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, then, then hiding behind an avatar and 240 characters. Yep. There shouldn't you know, be limitations, but there is. There yeah, is. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. and, and exactly. we deal with the generation it wasn't created in, but it's just always been right. They a don't social know media age. Right. They don't know any different. And so it's, I'm seeing the effects of that. Yes. Like week in and week out on for students who don't know how to have Wait. conversations with adults or yeah, you were born before Facebook, but couldn't yes. that also be because parents aren't talking to their children? Could yes, also be because that. they're also on social because media. They're on social. Okay. Look yes. at that. I got you. I got you. Wow. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Good. All right. So good. One. Number two. This one's easy, but social media was fun last night when I had a bunch of students running around trying to take selfies. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's was, right. that's no, right. that was kind of fun. Yeah, that was fun. Facebook on their uh, Instagram page. So yeah. uh, groups of students. Yeah. Also Skyler. I know. I know. Also Skyler. And Skyler. Yeah. Yeah. Random selfie. Thank you. Skyler's is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, mine too. We won't go there. And why it's my favorite. We should. Okay, we'll go there. Because <laughs> me, and Brittany, like, me and Brittany were having a discussion about it because Brittany was like, there's no way he meant to take the picture like that. Like, <laughs> what? Like he was 87. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. 100%. Skyler, no, no, no. I said, yeah. Skyler is just 87. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to take a selfie. And today it was confirmed by Skyler himself. Oh. oh, yeah, no, that was just me trying to take the picture in general. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's you know great. whose selfie game is really strong, though? <laughs> oh, Mike just pointed at himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. Odd flex, but okay. <laughs> Mike said that's right. lots of practice. That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> you know that the saying is weird flex, right? Oh. No. I've heard it both ways. What did you say? <laughs> Come on, odd flex, John. It is not odd flex. No one's ever said that. It's odd flex that you would know it's that. It's a weird now. flex. It's a new thing now. Odd flex is what I'm going with. <laughs> Now he's Googling it. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Insert elevator everything. music right now until I get this. <laughs> or Googling music. What is, uh, what is Googling music We need sound like? Google music. There is. Is there? Yeah, I'll show it to you now. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
it's definitely not that. <laughs> that, that was for Jeff. Actually, that was pretty good. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Yeah. Thank you. I kind of like that. I'm not sure what that sound effect was. Me but either. Like <laughs> All right, John Seth's right. It's weird flex. Yes. I've, definitely yes. heard, I've definitely heard people say odd flex, too. Okay. All right. All right. Either way, Pastor Mike talking about his selfie game is a weird flex. (laughs) A weird flex, but okay. The point is, about to be wrong. Yes, John Seth's about to be wrong. Which of these, question number two, which of these is the biggest deal? I'll go through all of them World Cup, Super Bowl, or college football championship? Before we answer, let's just remember earlier in the conversation, we talked about when news outlets started and they were based on facts. Any events. <laughs> All right. All okay. Right. So I, let's I remember that going. while we answer this question, guys. So history began on 1776. Everything before that was a mistake. <laughs> Thank Ron you, Ron Swanson. Swanson. <laughs> I feel like we're going to talk about So let's keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. Are we talking like to ourselves or how like, come World Series did not make the, if the cut? I mean, well, it is also called I mean, the World Series. Yeah. I know. What, they played baseball in like three places: America, Cuba, and Japan. Okay, so if we're going that's worldwide, obviously World Cup. The World Cup. But we live in the United States, and we don't care about. We the don't World care about that's the rest not of the true. World. Exactly. So, is it the Super Bowl or the college football? <laughs> I, I actually because the World Cup is on a different plane. That's right. You're right, Daniel. We don't care should even either. be considered in this conversation, Skyler. <laughs> I would say World Cup too. Thank you. Because Ooh. it's just, I said, I said, it's worldwide, a big deal. Okay. Worldwide, World Cup, everywhere when it happens. But to us in our context, which one is it? In our I mean, context, because like, like because numbers well, wise, it's World Cup. Obviously, here's, here's yeah, but how? The, the, I guess the difference too. I, I, when, when you say the World Cup, you're talking the whole tournament or the final, the championship, like the last well, two the teams. Whole thing. I don't know anything about it because. <laughs> Because, I mean, the Super Bowl is one game. Be, yeah. The college football national championship is one game. The World th- Cup is a is a tournament. Yeah. So, true. so if we can narrow that down World Cup to final. the World Cup final, there we go. Then I'm still going to say not the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> because crazy. here's the thing: I won't watch it. We're right. missing it because we don't I care. may watch the Super Bowl. But I may not. Usually what I end up doing is putting the Super Bowl on and having it run in the background. And anytime a commercial comes up, I'll go watch the commercials. But when the, the college when the college national championship's yeah. on, I'm watching. Yes. I watch the college national championship. Yes. Right. Super Bowl, right. maybe. Even if, even if there are two teams that I'm not interested in, there's always a team that I want to hate yeah. exactly. in college. The Women's World Cup yeah. has almost three times as many viewers. The Women's World Cup has one point. 12 billion viewers. The yeah. Men's World Cup. Hey, if you're one of our listeners and you care, 3.3 billion email, views. Know. Is that, that it would is be the, for the entire tournament though? To, to be fair, like, is that for the entire tournament or for question. the final? That has to be the entire but... tournament because that's almost half of the world population. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch all three of them. <laughs> so... <laughs> In our context, the college football uh, national champion is probably the <clears throat> the biggest. But World wow. Cup's a big deal, man. Like sixteen days, right? Yes, praise God. <laughs> praise God. I will give you that. The most watched Super Bowl in Super Bowl history, twenty fifteen, the New England Patriots and Seattle Seahawks, a record one hundred fourteen million. Why that one? That's weird. Yeah. Hey, you take away. Last year was ninety nine. 99 million. <laughs> you take away the amount of people who watch the Super Bowl and the number for the people who watch the World Cup doesn't even go under a billion. That's all I'm saying. This, <laughs> this question is, is easy to me. It's the World Cup. It's the biggest deal in the world. Every four but years. You should have rephrased this question. Which of these is the biggest deal to you? <laughs> all right, let's answer that yeah. question. <laughs> Yours would still be World Cup, I assume. Right, Johnson? Yes. Okay. To you, what would it be, Skylar? Not like, yeah, just to you. Or World Series. No, not the World Series. Okay. The Yankees hadn't been in there for right. yeah. ages, apparently. Um, <laughs> Long time. I don't know. I guess college football, I pay more attention to that yeah. than NFL. The fantasy football I'll season is there. over before that. So <laughs> college football. Yeah, that's true. Mine would also be There's college not football. A, no, there is no chance that yeah. the Bucks are going to be in yeah. the Super Bowl. I like sports in general. So, so watch you, you'll watch the World Cup oh, final? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're doing a viewing party thing. up here. If somebody tells me when it's on, I'll tune in. The whole thing. I mean, I'll, Maybe. I'll watch the whole thing. Maybe. If I'm watching the whole But do they tournament. have good commercials? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know about that. Eh, yeah. That's a different question. Yeah, let's ask. Let's uh, let's find out because which of these is the biggest deal could actually be answered in a in a uh, from a marketing perspective. <clears throat> Who gets to charge more for their commercials? If if your question is biggest deal in the United States, it's got to be the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. I would think correct. That Probably, commercial yeah. space costs more for a Super Bowl than it would for anything in the World Cup. If we're if we're judging by by commercial. Cost. Right. Here's my thought, though. Right. I think more people. I mean, we do live in a capitalistic society, so yeah. that makes it a big deal. But here's my thought, though: is the World Cup is viewed by the entire world, right? Every country. I would again. This is definitely an assumption, but I would assume that every country in the world watches the World Cup. Not every country in the world watches the Super Bowl. Right. That is fair. So I, that's fair. That's, that's, the, that's an honest so assessment. So to me, the biggest deal is the sporting event that the whole world is watching. It's true. That is fair. I will give you this as well. That's also how I started it, but we st- I still don't care about it. <laughs> that's okay. The question is, I, does I Daniel care you. about it? I agree with the you. The whole world watches the Olympics too, though. Right. And I don't really care about the Olympics. Right. That's true. Right. That's and true. the World Cup has more viewers than the Olympics does by yeah. far. Well, that's Still fair. So still the biggest deal. What I was going to say was credit to you, though, John Seth. Before I met you, I don't think I would have even accepted the invitation to watch the World Cup final. But if you invited me, I'd definitely go. Oh, we're doing a field party up here in the students. Yeah, I didn't get invited to it. Well, and it happened yet. No. Wow. It's in January. (laughs) I didn't either. I know. Hmm. Wait, till when? It's in January. Well, I think it's at the end of December. What happens in 16 days then? The World Cup starts. Okay. Well, that's just way too long. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, if there were like three months of games, then probably the Super... Like, if you add up all the numbers from Yeah, but why the, in the world would you not invite games? Daniel to the World Cup? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of food is served at a, at a World Cup game? That's what I want to know. Well, at a World Cup viewing yeah. party, what kind of food is served? Is there a standard? I, because we know Super Bowl party food. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like... probably the same. Same? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be there. Right. Hot wings, hot, wings. hot chicken, man. Wings okay. and pizza. Wings and pizza. Wings and pizza. Or chili cheese dogs. Yeah. Whatever. I'll take the chili cheese dogs. I may not care about the soccer, but the chicken, I'm passionate about <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, we'll end our banter topic there for today. Banter, 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 banter. And move into our main topic. We're in week two of our cultural issue series. Last time we talked about a worldview to kind of lay a foundation for this. But this week, we're going to dive right into a pretty big topic, religious liberty. Let's start here. Let's define what that is. What is religious liberty? I've got the freedom to worship in private and be able to apply that to your personal lives. So it's more than just the freedom to be able to gather on a Sunday, but it's also, it's deeper than that. It's freedom to apply that religion to your life. For instance, uh, David Platt in his book, Counterculture, gives the example of a Christian business owner who uh, was asked to photograph a homosexual wedding. Mm-hmm. The photographer said, no, I'm not going to do that because of my religion. Right. And then she got sued by the couple and got penalized for it. And and that was in New Mexico a couple years ago. Yeah. And so to me, that is an infringement on religious liberty mm-hmm. because not, yeah, they're allowed to gather on a Sunday, but it's, it's also to be able to apply that to your life so in public. So yes, private yeah. and public. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Application of religious liberty. Yeah, so beyond just the personal life, but our, our all of our interactions yeah. in public also. Yep. Yeah. There's also an element of uh, of freedom of conscience involved in that. Yeah. Uh, that'll uh, play more into a lot of issues if we if we dive into specific religious liberty issues here we'll we'll see that in a lot of a lot of uh, mm-hmm. right different atmospheres yeah agreed well it's it's some it's kind of hard sometimes to define religious liberty or religious freedom i, I guess the baptist faith and message is a good place for us to start when it comes to religious liberty um, article 17 of, of the baptist faith and message discusses the matter of church and state and that's really what we're talking about when we talk about religious liberties what is the interaction what is the relationship between church and state? Um, because we have we have constitutional amendments that have defined that, um, but then over time you've had you've had, uh, for instance, Baptists have had to define that according to uh, Baptist 
distinctives and convictions. Um, and, and by the way, uh, just as a side note, religious liberty is kind of a Baptist distinctive. There was a time when uh, Baptists were the only ones advocating for religious liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, we made it up. That's right. That's right. So, so it, the, the article says, um, God alone is the Lord of the conscience, and he has left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men which are contrary to his word or not contained in it. Um, and so the church and state in that sense should be separate. There is a relationship there. The state owes to every church protection and full freedom in the pursuit of its spiritual ends. And in providing for such freedom, no ecclesiastical group or denomination should be favored by the state more than others. Uh, We do believe that civil government was ordained by God, but it is the duty of Christians to render loyal obedience in all things not contrary to the revealed uh, will of God. And, uh, And so basically, religious liberty um advocates for a free state and a free church or a free church in a free state that, that's kind of the words that you're going to that will all keep coming back to is a free church and a free state uh separate from one another but not necessarily mutually exclusive of one another just um falling under different authorities um and and so they they each have lanes and religious liberty requires each of them to stay in their lanes for instance, we talk about uh, we, we very much don't want a uh, state church. But the other side of that is we don't want a church state either. Um, and that's the one that I think that that's where we get. Um, I think that's where we get sideways sometimes with one another is is we think that we're using our influence in the realm of politics uh, we're, we're trying to use uh, our, our Christian influence to, to, to do good things in the realm of government and politics. But what it, what it sometimes ends up being perceived as is a push for a church state. And, um, and, and Baptists will, will very clearly, or in Baptist history, we have very clearly stood against that as well as a state-sponsored church. I think there's a little bit of an overt push for that from some yeah. portions of of the political world right now. Right. Um, you mean so, in evangelical life yes. or Baptist life? Yes. In particular, Baptist, Southern Baptist life. Baptist and evangelical, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there's some who would, uh, I think they're misguided, obviously, but that would say, yeah, we should have the church in control of the state. We, we've actually seen that in the news in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. My mind goes to Constantine. Yeah, and that and that is a, a Baptist distinctive to keep those things again both necessary, but both separate, separate, different, different uh, governing authorities, um, and different um, purposes. Um, the the state uh, again, govern. We believe that that government is ordained by God to maintain order and peace, um, and and so government gets its authority um, from. God, but not from the church. The government is in place by God to maintain order in, in society and maintain civil order in that society. Um, the church is created by God to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. That, that's the priority mission of the church is to take the, and, and so what Baptists have said is government shouldn't be allowed to hinder our mission in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth right. or living out our religious uh, freedom, our, our religious conscience, uh, we should not be hindered from being able to, to live that out in private or public forums, uh, spaces. That's yeah, that's good. And yeah. you're, and you're right, John Seth, that going back to, to Constantine, what we, what we, the reason why these things are separated in Baptist thought is because anytime the church gets in bed with politics, it becomes corrupted. I mean, the yep. dark ages were dark for a reason. It wasn't until Constantine legalized Christianity and 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 the and there became this relationship between um, the the Pope and the Emperor that that both became corrupted to the point where just within a, a couple of centuries Rome was no longer the empire that it once was and the Church had 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 pushed all of society into the Dark Ages um, because because the popes wanted wanted political power and the the emperors wanted. Um, wanted uh, the church power because they could control the masses with that, um, and and so so you had these you had uh, civic uh, nations geopolitical entities claiming to be um, uh, God's anointed 
for bringing the kingdom to earth. And so you had the kings back in the dark ages, uh, 800s to to 1100. You had the kings who were, uh, uh, in their mind, the church is the one who uh, is the one who consecrated the kings. The kings were God's messengers to this world. And when they would lead their armies into battle, their mindset and their rally cries was, we are leading God's army into battle against the pagans. Um, because they were, their mission was, was to bring the kingdom to the earth. That's what they thought. And, and all of that was inspired. All of that thought process is inspired by um, uh, political entities getting involved with uh, religious uh, leading entities, yeah. um, and again, again, both get corrupted in that process yeah. um, because they they are they are ordained for two specific purposes under two specific authorities uh, with two specific missions. Mm. Um, and when you start to mix those, um, you get you get what we what we've gotten in the past two thousand years of church history. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. all similar examples in in all of Europe after the Reformation too. Mm-hmm. And for uh, an opposite extreme, places like China or, yeah, uh, yeah. or North Korea. That's right. Yep. Uh, exactly. When, when the when the other side, when the government takes yes. over all control. Well, and it's even reading through this for me was so interesting because I didn't think about that point. Yeah. Until I started researching for this is because, for instance, in North Korea or even in Russia where the state, quote unquote, religion is atheism. Right. And so it's like, that's not what we want. Right. We want freedom for religion we want we want that because the moment that it's how i don't know i don't know the specific term but the moment the moment that the government start deciding what people yeah. can and can't believe right bruce ashford <laughs> calls that statism yes yeah. yes yeah. yes that's good I've heard some people, I think, incorrectly define separation of church and state, and their perspective is, oh, I'm a Christian, but when it comes to matters of anything that has to do with government, I just forget, or I just set aside everything about my, you know, my knowledge of God and the Bible and my faith and just completely, like, separate those things. I think that's really unhelpful. I don't think that's the point of separation of church and state. Can some of y'all so, comment on? Yep. On some I of love what David Platt says on the one of the questions that what are your thoughts on separation of church and state? Right. My first thought is church and state should be separate. But to <laughs> Platt's quote, like just simply that, but Platt's quote it, is my backing. He he defines why um, in his book Counterculture he says the church exists uh, as an arena where individuals search the deepest questions of life and apply their answers consistently in the way they live. The state in turn exists to enable that quest, protecting men and women as they exercise this human privilege. The state exists neither for the establishment of religion nor for the elimination of religion, but for the freedom of religion. In this relationship between church and state, the government fosters a marketplace of ideas where religious exploration and expression are open where men and women of all faiths are able to reason together regarding how to flourish alongside one another. And, and I love and going off, off of what Platt says and what Mike said earlier about how church uh, and state run on different tracks. Like they're on what you said, you said, was it tracks or lanes, lanes, lanes. Yeah. They have, they have a lane. This is the lane that they're to be in. I thought that that Platt quote kind of, gels all that together for me on why I think it should yeah. be separate. Yeah. Yeah. A, a Baptist understanding of religious liberty is just that, that mm-hmm. we have the right to be able to pursue our, our understanding of, of religious convictions. Um, but we also recognize the right for our neighbor to not, Yeah, we, we want the right to be able to go and gather in our, in our worship services on Sunday and worship God without fear of, of civil involvement in that. Um, and, and we'll, we'll protect the right for our neighbor to stay at home and do nothing on what we would consider to be the Lord's day. Well, or even in where this kind of gets tricky. I know for people in my life, the topic of, well, what if, what if your neighbor wants to build a mosque in your city? Right. And that's where religious liberty, like where I've seen the, the disconnect between believers involved in my life is they'll say in a heartbeat, no, no, right. No, because it goes back to this idea that we're a Christian nation, yes. which again, according Bingo. to religious liberty, keeps us from being able to claim that. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. we, we don't want 
It, it's one thing to be to have your nation whose laws are influenced by Judeo-Christian values. Right. That is completely different, and and I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is completely different from a, a so-called Christian nation. Exactly. Correct. Because those have never worked before. Exactly yes. right. Exactly right. Yes. In because, fact, because they, they in a Christian nation, you end up marching God's armies yes. into other pagan places in order to expand a kingdom that's not ours to expand. It's mm-hmm. it's God's. It's God's to expand, and He doesn't expand it through the might of men. He expands it through the might of His gospel. Amen. And Ooh, and and so that that's that's yeah. where the church comes in. Is our priority has always got to be the gospel of Jesus Christ and the freedom uh, for men to be able to hear it and receive it on their own. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't, that is so. Good. I don't remember if it was so Russell good. Moore or Bruce Ashford, but one one of the two I read from both of them this week. Um, one of the two said that that you know God can do a lot more through a few prisoners in a jail singing hymns and glorifying God uh, than he can through a, a su- supposed Christian nation. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's strong. Yeah. I, I think that we just, I mean, in this, in this issue, we have, I think it's important for us to remember the goals of each of them. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's where that's I good. think we can get sideways in this. Like you said, Mike is the goal of the church is not the same as the goal of the government. That's right. That's good. And, um, I think that's important for us to remember as believers and to speak about the, the uh, fighting Russell Moore and his book onward. You just referenced that too, Daniel. Um, he has a section about liberty and justice for all. And I'll read a portion of it. I thought, I thought it was helpful. He just says Christians should fight for the liberty of Muslims to be Muslims, to worship in mosque and to freely seek to persuade others that the Quran is a true revelation of God. It's not because we believe Islamic claims, but because uh, but precisely because we don't, if we believe, really believe the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, we don't need bureaucrats to herd people exactly. into cowarding before it. That's right. Um, and so we have That's to strong. be. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that was that was extremely helpful. If we believe the gospel, then we have to be and, fighting for justice and, and liberty for all. Absolutely. And because we live in a democratic society, what we need to understand is a government that can can restrict. Uh, the, yep. the, uh, a government that can restrict uh, the worship of a of a Muslim can also restrict the worship of a Christian. That's right. And and uh, but 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 somehow that gets kind of lost in the conversation. Um, and that's why Baptists have stood because we because we believe in the power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We don't, and, and that's part of the issue of religious liberty and the the Constitution of our of the United States is is saying that religious groups should be free to pursue to pursue their religious convictions um, as long as it doesn't violate, you know, um, uh, moral law and civil law. But we, we should be able to, to pursue our religious convictions uh, without any interference from the state. We don't. Another way to put that is we don't need the state to help us advance the gospel. That's right. Because the gospel has been advanced yeah. under every kind of government yeah, right. throughout 2,000 years mm-hmm. of history. That's I mean, right. we have record in the book of Acts of 3,000 people being saved and baptized on one day in, in a, 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 an empire that was being ruled by a dictator. Mm. In, in places where there was no democracy, 3,000 people, 5,000 people coming to Christ, the church expanding, even in the midst of severe persecution, beyond an, anything that they could yeah. have possibly imagined. Yeah. And it wasn't until until it, it became uh, uh, culturally acceptable to be a Christian yeah. um, that... that um, that all of a sudden the, the the whole concept of the church became corrupted and people began to be members of the church, not because of any kind of regeneration of the Holy Spirit, but because they were baptized into the Christian faith um, as as uh, uh, by civil authorities or or civil sanctioned church authorities, yeah. civilly sanctioned church authorities. Yeah. Um, and, and so so you, and so you have this idea that that. Um, it, when you and, and I think if you look back in history at, at the kings who were supposedly the defenders of the faith, uh, consecrated by the church, ordained by God, the corruption in their own lives uh, matched that of the pagans they say they were fighting against. So, so where do you know? There, we have to be careful again. Uh, I think part of religious liberty stems from our definition of the church. So if, if you when you look at the articles like in the Baptist Faith and Message of of religious liberty, it, it actually has you have to back up uh, and and look at what we define a church as, 
the New Testament church um, is, um, is. I got it. How much of it do you want me to read? The, the part where it talks about the New Testament church is made up of regenerate, you know, it's, re, it's regenerate. Uh, right at the beginning of it. A New yeah. Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ. Right. So, so it's a New Testament church made up of people who have placed their faith and trust in Christ, who have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, are living in the ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit, and covenanting together on Christ's mission, which is to take the gospel to the nations. Um, nowhere in there do we need any kind of geopolitical entity to help us with that. That's right. That's right. Because yeah, that, is, that is actually designed to work regardless of the era in yeah. which we live yeah. or yeah. the continent right. on which we find ourselves. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. More, more says another thing in here that it kind of speaks to that. He says the state does not bear the keys to the kingdom and thus cannot rule over the spiritual mission of the kingdom colony. Amen. We, right. we, we placed our trust too much in the state in a lot of these things when our hope should be in the gospel. <clears throat> right, because that will advance no matter what. That's right. And so we've answered a third question I had down, which was. Um, some Christians have engaged in the fight for political power. Why is this a harmful endeavor? I feel like we've answered yeah. answer that. But with that in mind, what does a healthy relationship between a Christian here in our context in America, what's a healthy relationship to our government look like? Because that's we're not question. just hands off. And that, not yeah, just that's that's a question, that, that is a good question. Um, and actually, in uh, there, there's a book on the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 where there are different essays that were written about the different articles, and and you know Richard Land, who was the uh, was the president of the ERLC prior to Russ Moore, actually handled uh, I think the article on on uh, on no it wasn't it was Jerry Johnson handled the article on uh, religious liberty. Oh, uh, I think. In Southern Baptist Identity, a book that was edited by David Dockery, that is the one that Richard Land hand, handled the, uh, the the relationship between a church, uh, free church, and a free society uh, kind of thing. But but Jerry Johnson does a really good job uh, in this as well because he says um, civil government uh, in in the religious the the nature of the of what we believe the the relationship between the church and the state, um, civil government being ordained of God. It is the duty of Christians to render loyal obedience thereto in all things not contrary to the revealed will of God, which we would yeah. we, we would agree there. Um, even if the church doesn't owe the state a coronation of its king, which is what which is what has been true in the past, um, a scriptural mandate for citizenship remains. I mean, Paul actually claimed his Roman citizenship uh, in a time when when uh, when it was beneficial for the advancement of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So you know we we. We need to not just dismiss all civil responsibility. Um, I, I do think, before I get into these, I, I do think that we can become so frustrated. This kind of goes back to our social media question in the, in the banner topic. Uh, I think we can be, become so frustrated with the politics and the divisiveness and the vitriol of the day that it's easy just to kind of, uh, and almost biblically justifiable to walk away from it all because we cannot act peaceably among yeah. all men as as much as it, it, it pertains to us to be able to do so. Um, because no matter what position you take, and if you think with any amount of nuance, or if you try to if you try to even speak in a tone that would that would be an acceptable uh, tone of of meekness or, or whatever you want to call it, you get labeled all kinds of things and mm -hmm. painted with a broad brush and dismissed by. You know, I, I kind of figured I'm doing it right if both the left and the right hate me yeah. in <laughs> yeah. this moment. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where right. I, I've become. So, so. This is what he says. First, there, there, there are three things, um, two of which I, I agree with. The other one I can, I can get on board with, but I'm not adamant about. The first is the Christians owe a secular debt to the government. Um, according to Jesus, Christians are under authority and matters belong to the state. Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. So we, we get that. The Apostle Paul affirms this principle, be subject to the governing authorities in Romans 13.1. So, so we understand that there is, because we are residents on this earth still, we know that this is not our home. We are pilgrims. We are strangers. We are sojourners, whatever you want to call it. We are still uh, citizens of a an earthly kingdom that has a God-ordained government in place. Whatever that might look like in whatever era, again, or whatever continent we find ourselves on, there is a God-ordained government in place that is there theoretically to provide uh, civility and order to the society. And so we, we owe that to that society. 
Um, and, and so again, Paul even says, uh, at taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed in Romans uh, thirteen seven. And then Peter says the same same thing um, to honor the emperor in First First uh, Peter two three through seventy. And in fact, when you look back through the early writings of the early church and some of the early forefathers, um, there are actual writings that have been captured by uh, by people that Rome sent in to spy on Christian gatherings because they thought that there was all this conspiracy against Rome and all this stuff going on. And and so these people went in and they came back and actually reported, you know what, they're not really conspiring against the emperor. They're, they're praying to their God for the emperor. And it totally blew their minds, <laughs> oh. you know? So, Man. so, so, you know, we, that, and that's what the church should be doing. I think the proper relationship, even now in our, in our political context the right thing to do would be to pray for our leaders, regardless of who they are yeah. and regardless of which party they, they belong to. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but secondly, Christians owe a spiritual debt to the government. Um, and I just mentioned that the church owes the state uh, prayer to God on its behalf. Paul instructs Timothy uh, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority in order that we might live in peace and the gospel might go forth. So we pray for peace. We pray for our leaders. Um, and I think that it's, it's in a Baptist distinctive, we pray for religious liberty so that the gospel might go forth. And so the, the church is commanded to do that. The third, it says, um, is really more applicable to our geopolitical context in the, in the American Christian, which I, I don't really like that term, but Christians who live in America um, and others who live under representative governments. Um, he makes the case that we have a special obligation, that we would owe the state both a voice and a vote. Um, and again, I, I can see that I can understand that, but I can also, I can also get on board with those who have gotten so frustrated with the process, um, that, that, you know, we could, we could be like our Anabaptist, uh, uh, forerunners and just back away from all civic responsibility and civic, uh, civic involvement. Um, but, and they make the, the case here, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Um, and the, 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 and the, but then again, and, and this is where we get into trouble. We'll probably have another conversation about Christian nationalism or something like that along, along the way. But he makes the statement, the United States Constitution begins with we the people. And in Lincoln's language, envisions a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Which means, he says, that Christians must do their civic duty as citizen Christians. So we are Christians, but we're also citizens in a representative government that requires the participation of citizens in order to actually function. Uh, or it becomes something else. Um, so, so again, um, he would say that the church owes the state obedience, taxes, honor, submission, prayer, salt, light, a voice and a vote. I, I don't know if I'm willing to go, go there. Um, I think there probably was a time in my life where I would, and I would have understood that and it would have resonated well with me. Mm. Um, but I'm, I think that, I think that in those cases with some of these things, I think that we have to default back to a, uh, soul competency and religious liberty and say that a person um, uh, must do these things according to their consciences. And I don't know that the church is in a position to bind the consciences of those that it, yeah. that might disagree. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I agree so that. I'm glad you, you're at that point. If, if, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you want to vote, that's great. Vote your conscience. If you don't want to vote, you know what? I'm not going to bind your conscience for that yeah. anymore. Yes. There may have been a time where I would say, well, if you don't vote, you don't have a voice. You can't complain. And, and, and that might still be the case. Um, but if I, if I choose not to vote, I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. And I'm going to go out and do the work that God called me to do. And, 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 and again, so, and, and again, I know the argument will be, well, if you don't do that, then, then you might lose the right to be able to, to share the gospel. I'm like, well, you know what? The state didn't give me the authority to share the gospel. That's the right. state can't take the authority away from me to share the gospel. Exactly. Which is like the whole, this whole conversation like, right. about the separation of church and state is our right. authority didn't come. That's right. From a democratic and, and their, society and or their government. I mean, right. it came from God. And there are times when civil disobedience is appropriate when it comes to the church. For instance, uh, Peter and John were told by their civil authorities, don't preach the name of Jesus or we're going to throw you in jail. And they're like, okay, well, do you think it's better that I listen to you or listen to God? As for us, we're going to listen to God and we're going to keep preaching the gospel. So you got to do what you got to do. And then went and did it. And then they went and did it. Exactly right. And our Baptist forerunners spent many days in jail. I mean, Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress from jail. Yep. You know, so and or even worse, the, yeah, the the lucky ones spent lots of days. yeah, yeah. Lots of, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other Baptists um, did not. And, 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 and here and here's the thing: the the Puritans left England because they wanted 
they they did not want they did not believe in uh, a a church a, a state church right they wanted religious freedom they wanted religious liberty they wanted to pursue that but then they ended up uh, in the establishment of their <laughs> colonies persecuting the Baptists who wanted to worship on, on yes. in, in their way and on their and on, on their terms and so uh, Roger Williams founded Rhode Island as a Baptist colony to be separate from um, from the, what the, the Puritans were doing in Massachusetts. Baptist associations were formed, um, and pastors would, would preach in different places. The associations were formed to provide encouragement to Baptist pastors who were being persecuted by the state and by the Puritans of, of that, of that day. And, and so they would, they would preach in different churches so that if anybody came looking for them, they may or may not be there. That's some bad, but dudes. they were still being faithful to the gospel and preaching every week, <laughs> so you know, dudes. or more. So, I love that. Hmm. That's right. Baptists finished the Reformation. That, yeah, exactly. Woo! Exactly. Nice. Wow. And, and that, in, in, a, in a sense, that is that is that is true. Yeah. Um, because we took we took what the reformers started to its natural conclusion, uh, which was the the reformers wanted to come back to, to scripture alone as as sole authority, and and we took that to the natural natural uh, conclusion of of what we we understand today of as religious liberty. I think I think the, the the controversy comes in because we we now live in a secular world, a secular environment, a humanistic world um, that's based uh, more in in uh, in philosophy and uh, naturalism than than anything else, um, and and so so the, there's this mantra out there, this wall of separation um, between church and state, and and they claim that's constitutional. That's not constitutional. The, the Constitution doesn't separate. Uh, d- doesn't put up a wall between church and, and state, um, and, but that's where that's where I think we get into most of the controversies now between secularism and the church. Is we've always understood the Constitution that would allow freedom of religion, not freedom from religion, um, and so religion was always in the history of our nation practiced in the public forum in the public square. That was never an issue. Um, but now in a, in a secular society, they want to restrict that freedom and say, yeah, you can have your faith, but your faith is a private matter. Don't try to impose it on us as if, as if, um, uh, again, and they use the state to impose, they use the state to impose that view on religious entities and on the church itself. Ma'am. One of the, to go back to the last question you asked, what does it look like to have a healthy relationship with the government? I think. One of that's been helpful for me, I was the type that until about three years ago just put my hands up and said, I'm not going to deal with government politics at all. All I've seen is the hate, the vitriol that it causes. I'm out. Well, I listened to Secret Church from David Platt that convicted me about this topic and how I should be involved more in politics. And um, one of the things that I've gathered over the past couple of years digging into politics and being more engaged uh, with politics is, you know, we say it all the time, just viewing it through the lens of Scripture, through the lens of uh, the Bible, um, is has been the most helpful way for me to engage with our government. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, I was really hoping we were going to conclude that I don't have to pay my income tax, but we didn't get there. So <laughs> Render unto Caesar that which is yes. Caesar. It's a bummer. <laughs> to God. Fortunately, Jesus God. said you had to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I regret doing this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that seems like a good place to stop for today. Well, thanks for joining us for Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian. Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send us questions, pbclc.com slash podcast. Follow or subscribe to us. And leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time.